With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, good morning. Tom Hayes here in Beantown, Massachusetts, Boston, USA. And what a great, fantastic day. Beautiful. What do we got, the 18th or something? And uh, it's freezing on the water. But nonetheless, but anyway, we've got a great show about the Sugar Shack today. Some crazy things have happened within the last hour that got me all excited. But let me introduce my good time buddy, uh, Ralph Peace, who put this show together. Ralphie, you there? I'm here. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, do you want to tell everybody our little crazy history or should I? No, I don't think it's any of their business. <laughs> 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 you you just met Ralph Peace. <laughs> okay, so forget that then. We won't tell him anything about ourselves, but we will tell him about we did share a parallel life all our lives. We uh, and we kind of part of that parallel life was the sugar shack. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we were there on the same nights for years, never connected, and didn't connect until we were both in our later years. We none of their business when we connected, and since then we've been great friends, but we had a numerous parallel life connections, uh, very interesting connections when you think about it, And uh, but we uh, really connected when we did meet up. And we started talking about the Sugar Shack, and uh, which was weird because, you know, if if I were to play this movie, uh, I was with Ray, who we both know, walk, you know, going along the beach there out of Chappaquiddick, and I started telling him, geez, I said, you know, I wish I had gone to Martha's Vineyard earlier in my life because I would have taken my kids there. And he says, why didn't you? I says, ah, I said. You know, I uh, my my ex-wife really didn't like to go anywhere, do anything. He says, "Would you marry her for?" I said, "I'll tell you why I married her." I says, "We dated for three or four years at the Sugar Shack." So I says, "Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we would hang out, listening to the OJs and the Stylistics and the Delphonics." I says, "You tell me how you can expose yourself to that music with a woman and not fall in love." So he says, I don't even understand anything about the Sugar Shack. And not even 10 minutes later, bam, I meet you and another guy who were uh, Sugar Shack aficionados, and we shared all these great stories about the Sugar Shack. So that's the backdrop to this. So do you want us to, um, why don't you give us a little input as to your take on the Sugar Shack and what, you know, your experiences and what we kind of want to hope to do uh, today, hopefully, you got a buddy calling in who remembers a lot about those days and got some backstories. Yes, I hope he does call in because he's yeah, he's not. Believe- I am. Yeah, if not, we can uh, we can talk about some of our stuff. So, what's your? Do you have a? I, I have a distinct first impression of the Sugar Shack. Uh, what about you? Well, let let me say this that. 
the, the, as far as the parallel lives aspect. I mean, during that time there was a there was the the jazz clubs, which was uh, um, uh, uh, the street. Uh, Paul's Malls, and uh, which is kind of mixed, and in, in yeah. the uh, Regatta uh, Bar, not the Regatta Bar, but the um, um, Paul's Paul's next workshop. Paul. There was go ahead. It was a jazz workshop. It was a jazz workshop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you had to be in there in time when I was in there, and oh yeah. The go into that much until Miles Davis showed up there. And yep. uh and then of course there was the Regatta Bar and um and Scholars. So I know it's that Regatta Bar I remember uh identifying you there and uh but didn't realize you know who you were. <laughs> <laughs> and that we were going to uh, our paths would cross at, at some crazy point. Um, right. So so here we are talking about the film. Well, I remember, let me go, I'll get specific about my memory. <clears throat> I had, okay, so the first time, I, that's right, one of my buddies had told me about uh, the shack, and I was still in college, and we were, uh, it said about the Hot Nuts. He was talking about some group, the Hot Nuts, that he had heard one of their albums. Very funny, very, um, <laughs> how can you say, very dirty lyrics, <laughs> and they had, they were hysterically funny and hysterically musically talented, and uh, so we went down to see them, and I was just fascinated by the club itself, and um, I think that, you know, and just, you know, they had all of these crazy limericks and everything else. It was a great night, and I said, geez, i got to go back there, so let's say, I think the second night we were there was to see the... Um, it was a blue-eyed soul group from the South, Magnificent Men. Magnificent Men. Do you remember Men. them? Uh, yes, I do. But I saw them, but I remember the advertisements that they had on yeah. the board at, at, the, uh, at the building there. Yeah. And, uh, and so we went down to see that, and I was absolutely <laughs> You know, it was... Uh, <clears throat> It was those were fascinating times with sixties because there was so much going on with uh you know um strides you know Martin Luther King was making huge strides with uh, the movement and everything else so the everything was changing i mean it was just those turbulent times and to see <laughs> these i think there were seven guys or something uh they not only they played as a band but they also sang. Uh, as I think all the musicians were singers as well, so they didn't have what normally would be in a rhythm and blues and soul group, you know, with four front men or three front men and the band behind. And I remember just the crowd going crazy, which was a predominantly black crowd, and they were freaking out at the uh, blue-eyed soul of these guys. They just had amazing harmonies. Yeah, well, and, you know, uh, had great appreciation of music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so fast forward, I went to graduate school at the University of Connecticut and uh, met this guy on my floor, Pittsburgh Ed, we called him, who bragged all the time about the great <clears throat> soul scene, soul music scene in Pittsburgh. 
And one day I had enough, and I said to him, uh, well, I said, we got this club in Boston. I said, that's, and he says, yeah, well, you know, what are you talking about? I said, no, I said, this club is absolutely amazing. And I started naming some of the groups. He says, it was a Thursday night, you know, and the week was winding down. He says, well, call them up, see who's there, if they're so good. So we're in stores, Connecticut, and uh, so I call up, and I said, yeah, I just want to know who's playing tonight. And he said, yeah. Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get to see them? No, I never saw saw Curtis Mayfield there. Uh, But who I did see often was uh, the Delphonics, the Stylistics, and that's the Kenny Pendergrass. Yeah, was, was with them. Was with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Yeah, it was part of the Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And I used to see a guy riding around Roxbury. Uh, you know, he had this like uh, kind of like an orange Cadillac. And I used to see him riding through Dudley often. You know, not on the way was headed, but you know, he, he knew the neighborhood. He knew the neighborhood. It was, and that was Teddy. Teddy. Teddy would drive through Roxbury. Wow. You know, wow. riding, uh, you know wow. on a mission, was on a mission, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I remember yeah. we, I put the phone down, and I said, Curtis Mayfield, the impressions, he goes, get in, get in the car, we're going. And, of course, in yeah. those days, everybody dressed up. Right, right. So we put suit coats and ties on, and we got in the car. I mean, nothing like today. And uh, I remember going down the stairs, you know, as I go down the stairs one at a time, <laughs> and uh, walked through the door, and it was a scene out of a Shaft movie set. I mean, it was just spectacular. Of course, the first thing, remember what, why don't you explain to the audience what you'd see on, on Boylston Street lined up in front before you'd go actually into the club. You remember? Uh, let's see. Well, I remember it. Uh, of course, that area was kind of like the red light district because the, the whole downtown. Yeah, that's area. all right. Boston hadn't evolved to what it is today. It was it was the combat zone. Combat zone, exactly. And they had all kinds of people down there. It was it was a, it was a, quite a mix of people. And the it was what area. you would call seedy. First of all, just to go there, so some you had to have. Yeah, or you had to be intrepid just to go there. You had to be courageous just to go into that area. Right, exactly, exactly. And it was uh, it was one of those areas that you know you you kind of didn't want to be there, but then you knew you went there because things were happening. And of course, the 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 shooting shack was in that uh, old that old uh, uh, industrial building there. Not quite an industrial building, but it was a uh, you know uh, office building. Which yep, you know, uh, you know, one of those miraculous things that they have something in there, and it was also the theater area. So it was like in a kind of like one of those theater type locations, uh, right in that that section of the downtown. And of course, all the hustlers used to be down there. Oh yeah, uh, many guys that I knew, many of them I knew, and I used to see them when I would go down there. And I would see them there. They'd be there. Sitting around, hanging around, and and uh, you know doing whatever they were doing, and uh, the the most amazing thing about that place was is that it didn't seem like much happened. It was just fun. It was just fun. Oh, and, it was uh, on the edge. It was over the edge. It was like you said. I mean, let's not 
we don't have to be, this is an adult show, we don't have to pull any punches. There was just pimps and, and hookers everywhere in the pimp mobiles. <laughs> right? Remember all the Cadillacs with the television antennas? That was their office. I mean, that was their office. They all showed up. <laughs> because they, You're right. You know, there, there was a, one Friday that used to come in a, a, a white, uh, I think that was a white old-style Bentley or something, or, or a Rolls yes. or something. Yes, yes. You know, so um, it was it was it was quite the area. It was quite the area, but I can honestly say that I never had any problems down there, and I don't remember anybody else having any problems down there. So no, I, never. Great. I mean, it was never. Just, it, well, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought. no matter what was going on in you know the world or America or on the streets in Boston. Once you got in there, it was like the sanctuary. Everybody was there for the same reason to be entertained. Exactly. And uh, get along. Exactly. It was. It was. It was. It was unusual. I mean, the the uh, uh, the environment was great. Everybody was anticipating the groups. The groups were great. The groups were great. I mean, they were oh, it was, was phenomenal. Well, t- talk yeah. about that a little. I mean, we were blessed. We were seeing the groups on the way up. Absolutely, Natalie Cole. Natalie Cole. Yep. She, she was UMass, and she started right there. At uh, I remember being at the first show with, and she had these two heavy ladies with her. And I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think she called them two tons of fun or something. That's, I might be wrong on that, but she had a name for them. And uh, but she put on a great show on that little 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 one step up BS stage. And, yep. Uh, it was, uh, it was spectacular. And then there was the Boston group, the Nine Lords. I think that was the Yeah, I remember the Nine Lords, yeah. They had that Temptations kind of... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they were. They, had, they yeah. were slick. They had everything synchronized, those guys. One of the guys was, was my English, was my, uh, English, uh, English teacher. I'm not sure, one of the teachers at, at English High when I was there. You know, I just want to go back to that first memory, coming down and opening the door. You know, we went by all the pimp mobiles. I mean, all you have to do, people, if they want to know what we're talking about, is just watch that movie Shaft, and you'll understand those times. They were exciting times. And all those pimp mobiles. And so that set the scene. So you, they were all parked, double parked. Nobody followed oh, yeah. them. You know, and uh, <laughs> so that kind of set the scene. You knew something big was happening downstairs. And... Uh, I remember opening the door, and there was, uh, uh, God, I'd just love to recreate this in a movie or something. It was just so spectacular. It was almost like, you know, you've seen Goodfellas. Yes, yes. Yeah, and the scene, there's one scene where they're walking into the nightclub, and they do, and I didn't realize what this was until I recently took a video course. They do a, a one shot, and it starts on the street, you know, um, he gets out of the car, and they go downstairs. It's just like his first date with this gal. And they just walk through the, the back door, obviously, through the kitchen, all the way. They open up the curtains. They go down until they're seated. And it's just this amazing, spectacular shot. And that's what kind of happens. So you open the door, and there's Curtis Mayfield in those beautiful white suits they wore. And him in the uh, impression saying, you know, keep on pushing. 
and the place is going, place is jammed to the rafters, people going crazy, and you know it was just a magical, magical, um, magical thing, you know. Right. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. The, yeah the, the the shack was was all right. People would be packed in there, and you know what I mean. And and and, and it's not even like now where you know the you know, the, the, you know now all those guys and. Uh, you know, the stage is way, way, way away, and here you, you know, you were right, you know, not more than four or five feet away from where they were putting on their show and and pulling it out, you know, doing demonstrating what it was going to be like for the future. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. And the, uh, uh, the, and like you said, the, one of the key things is I, I think about that place was is that uh, at that time, like all, all the, uh, uh, Civil rights stuff was going on, but the the, the music was like that, uh, one of those uh, things that really made it. Uh, you forget about all the all the crap that was going on. It was a great, great. Uh, it was just a great location that just seemed to work for whatever the reason. Whatever the reason. You know, you're right. I mean, um, one of the things that happened was when James Brown came. Yeah. And, that uh, was- Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I remember. Go ahead. And, uh, yeah, there was all kinds of tension in Boston because it was the busing problem. Right, right. And uh, so, um, you know, and then James Brown walked in, and he just said, hey, listen, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, just as he did in Boston Garden when there was all kinds of problems. And and they didn't, you know, Mayor White didn't know if he would run the show, but he did. Right. You know, and uh, so, hey, listen, I got this, yeah, I got this guy, Billy Porter, who was an actor, who said he tried to call in, but he couldn't get in somehow, I don't understand that, but he just gave me his cell number, Um, why don't we give him a call, because they're doing a theatrical production, maybe we can hear, I don't know if we're going to be, how well we're going to be able to hear, but I really want to give it a shot. Uh, Also, call uh the the other fellow that was supposed to participate with us. Give him okay, the call. who's what's his net? What's his number? Uh, I don't have it in front of me because I expect. Okay, him to then call. we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to try Billy. Then let's try Billy. Let's see uh, what yeah. we can do here. Um, well, no, that's all right. Let's try Billy for a second and see. You know, when it, while the iron is hot here, we can get um, at least make connection with the guy. And uh, put them on speaker, and maybe it'll come through. Okay, here, well, let's try this. Okay, I'm trying them now. Opportunity to, 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 to see the play. That, that, that would work. Yeah, oh, my goodness. I, well, you know, I've always wanted to... Uh, I've always wanted to do a movie about it, you know, dreamed about it, what an amazing movie would it would be with a little backstory of, you know... Um, you know, being in the hood and doing all that stuff and just what right. it looked like, you know. It was just, uh, let's see if we can get him here. Let me see. No, all of a sudden, his, something's weird. We're not supposed to connect, I guess. Um, right. Hang on, let me just go ahead. You talk for a second about some of the stuff. You know, i got to message this guy back. Um, okay. So go ahead. Tell us some more stuff that you remember. Well, the thing about the uh, Sugar Shack was, 
you know, go to a night venue after studying all night and all day, and you just head on down and hang out. It was just a great hangout. Yeah. You know, the one that we talked about, the 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 the, the cameraman, you remember the cameraman down there? Oh, uh, Sugar Shack Otis. Sugar yeah, Shack Otis. <laughs> one more. I got one more. <laughs> one more. Almost hours. I got the last you know. one. The last one. Come on, take this last shot. <laughs> yeah, it would be 7.30 at night, and it was the last one. <laughs> Let's get this last picture. You know, you know that te- that technique. I stole that technique recently. I started selling, you know, because I'm an entertainer. I made some CDs and I started selling them. And I'm finding myself saying, "Here we go. Here's Billy. Hang on, B- Billy. Billy. Hey, Tom Hayes here. We're uh, we're on the air. There's a weird connection. I don't understand why it's not going into the studio. But thanks for joining the show. Yeah, I um. I was trying to call him, and he just kept saying the number is not activated. And I was like, figured maybe you put it on something. Who knows? But I couldn't get through either, but I got through on the cell. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a, a work in progress. We're in the early stages right now for stage production. I, um, I'm actually good friends with Jerry Maffeo. I worked with him for years in the nightclub business before I went to Los Angeles, got into the film industry, the theater industry. And, um, and I interviewed Rudy Galino over the phone. He's living in Las Vegas, and I got the permission to do the stage production. I performed at about 100 shows myself, and I'm figuring I come back to Boston, you know, what's my next move, what's my next project? And I decided, you know something? This is a great story. My dad used to hang in the Sugar Shack. He's from Charlestown. Back in the day, my aunt hung there. It was just a, it's a piece of Boston history, so I think it would be cool to tell the show and donate some money back to a nice charity, you know, maybe a Rudy's Choice. So, yeah. Wow, you know what's uh, bizarre is I'm not. This is my my buddy Ralph Peace is on the uh, air with me right now. Have you got have you got like a radio or something going in the background there? You got, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually your your show on. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. So, to the show, but, uh, yeah, you're coming and breaking up. We got a bad connection. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Why don't we put together um, a show? And where we can get a connection, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll dedicate it to you. There you go. All right. Can oh, good. Yeah, much better. Much better. Well, while we got you, now that's much better. We can we can actually hear you. Um, you can hear us, okay? Yeah, I got you. Okay, great. Well, Ralph, um, Ralph, let 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 Billy know I actually have a guest on the show. Say something. <laughs> How you doing? I, I tried to come in. Wait a minute. Okay, here I got him. I got him. I got you now on speaker, Ralph. Go ahead. Okay. How, how you doing? Ralph, Ralph, how are you, pal? I hear you're an old player from the old days of the Sugar Shack. Yeah, yeah well, I'm not an old player. I, I, I don't, not quite that, but I just to go there. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, we're in the early 
stages of production, and we would like to get it up at the Strand Theater, hopefully, or maybe some of the small theaters.
question he said. Rudy said to me on the phone, he said, people always wondered during such a such a tensious time, there was racial tension in the city of Boston, how everybody from every culture could get together in one club, small club, and just have a good time with no problems. He said, nobody could understand how we did that. We just did it. People came to my club, there was no problems, everybody wanted to dance, have a good time, and enjoy the music. And that's what he did, and he should be known for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ralph... Well, he's a great guy. He's a wonderful guy. There's another gentleman out there named... Uh, he, I can't remember his name, but he's doing a book on Rudy right now. And, and I got to speak to him a little bit also. So we get, some, we get, the, we get the real facts anyway. The story will, you know, it'll be the real deal. Well, you know, again, there is something in the the uh, ether uh, obviously pushing us to do this because I've been talking about doing a movie about it for years. If I, if I've got so many other projects, I've got to get out of the way first. But um, it was, you know, to this day, and Ralph, I think, you know, get some input from you. Um, by the way, if anybody's listening live, we're going to lose you in a few seconds, but then come back and listen to the podcast because the podcast is a full 45 minutes. But, Ralph, of all the places, and you and I have been to some pretty cool places in the world, Sugar Shack, without a doubt, was the most unique place I've ever been. Yeah, it was great. And asked for asked a reasonable amount of money. <laughs> a reasonable amount of money. You couldn't complain. You couldn't complain. But there was... There was that it, it was the number one club in the country. I mean, not even Detroit or, you know, like I said, I was telling one of the times I went was with a guy from Pittsburgh who thought they had a good soul scene down there, and he was absolutely blown away. When we opened the doors and saw Curtis Mayfield in a place packed like that, it was just a night I'll never forget, nor, nor would anyone. Yeah, that was good. Oh, so, I wish I was around. Okay. I got all the stories from my daddy. I get there quite often, and it Sugar Shack. 
Oh wow, that would be that would be great to have as a backdrop. That would be really great. You could start off the show and show a little bit about the the realness of it, and then go into the story. Yes, that would that would help a lot. Archives, oh my God. Well, yeah, I I know the brilliant. I know the guys who've got that stuff. So. Well, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, there's a million stories, and I would love to, um, you know. Get, yeah. Well, just sit down. You, 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 you pick out a date that works for you, and we, we can. I can meet you in town somewhere. I mean, I'm in Boston now for, for a little bit. Just come back to Los Angeles. I got a film out playing in Los Angeles called Miles Away. It's about Miles Davis, his son, his illegitimate son, actually. And uh, yeah, it's played in the cinema at the Langley Theater in San Diego. Now it's off to Houston and Vegas, and hopefully to Boston. There's four Massachusetts guys. Say something. 
Gigi? I, I think. Uh, go ahead, Ralph. Ralph. Uh, Ralph. Gigi. Ralph. Say yes. something to Gigi. Hello. Gigi, can you hear that? No, I can't hear him. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Try it again, yeah. Ralph. Gigi, what's happening? Gigi, why don't you do this? Why don't, uh, I'm Tom Hayes. I got this. We're on the air. We're doing this radio show about the Sugar Shack, and we just want to get some uh, input from you about you know your experiences, your times at the Sugar Shack. Okay. Um. Well, um. Well, I back in the day. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, Gigi. Because if you went into the men's room, they were, remember, 
there was only one star. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And and in that stall, at any time during the day, there would be a night rather. There would be about ten one stall with about ten ten feet that you could see in the stall. So there'd be ten. There'd be five guys in there. <laughs> if you do the math, ten feet, five guys, and there would be a cloud of smoke. Pouring out of the thing like they were, they were like they were grilling, grilling ribs. <laughs> the, uh, the biggest action in the country at that time was crazy. I think the only ones that didn't play the sugar yet was Diana Ross. Was about the only one in the uh, Jackson Five. I think they were the only groups that didn't come to the sugar shack. Well, the t- in the temp- just about, I saw everybody else down there. Yeah, the temps you know didn't. I mean? Eddie Kendricks came in there, but not the temps. The temps didn't come in. Right. But Eddie Kendricks was there, and uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I saw him down there more than once. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that you're right. There was everybody else. The OJ's, the Impressions, Harold Melvin, Curtis Mayfield. I just found out. I, I'm so furious. I saw a picture. Rudy Guarino actually has a Facebook page, so you might want to check okay. that out. Yeah, and he's uh, yeah. We're gonna uh, ho- we're gonna get him on this radio show soon. Good. And uh, um, but I was shocked. He's he's standing there with a the picture of Jackie Wilson. If there was anybody, I would have loved to have seen. It would have been Jackie Wilson. Right. You know. But the Dells, I mean, you know, all the all the groups, and even us. I mean, you know, like um, whoever you were, you would look forward to. Yeah. 
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.